Today's really been about the solstice, the coming solstice on June 21st, and um, really the whole flavor of these transmissions or teachings coming through uh, have got to do with um, humanity reaching a dead end, basically a, a crossroads where end of one civilization is replacing with another one, but there's almost no way to see it. So there's no way to see ahead. And I think most people, if they feel inside their own heart and their consciousness are aware of this fact that um, it's not about just doing more of the same or doing something slightly different, that actually we've reached a point where, where there is no way forward. And that's a beautiful point because it means that something outside us will have to rescue us or something inside us will have to t show us the next state. It's like Rumi saying, you know, whoever bought me here will have to take me home, that, that there is no way that our cleverness can get us through the next stage of human evolution. Um, we are at that place where T.S. Eliot talks about in East Coca, you know, of going into the dark. And I said to my soul, be still and wait without hope, for hope would be hope of the wrong thing. And somewhere else he, he talks about the only way to get to what we, know, we, we don't know is to go by a way in which we um, are not. So there's like a deep negation of everything that has brought us to this point. And uh, another way of saying that is that um, our consciousness is not enough to take the next step. We have to take the next step in the dark. We have to learn to see in the dark, even though we don't know what will be revealed. So looking ahead over the next decade is almost impossible. All of the futurists and the, and the, the, the uh, people who, who like to predict what's gonna happen for humanity like are reaching dead ends because it's almost impossible to see it. It's like there's a singularity ahead and not the singularity of AI, but the singularity of the way forward has to be taken by humanity itself and we're not yet integrated. So the capacity and the receptivity to know what to do next has not yet arrived. So having said all of that, um, you know, then what to do? Like, if we can't know, then how do we become comfortable with not knowing? And that's, you know, it could be said that all of our civilization is built for the last few thousand years on knowing. If we go back to um, the founding of Heliopolis in, in ancient Egypt in about 3000 BC, since then the sun became the center. And then uh, with the Copernican revolution in the 1600s, then it was even more accelerated. Knowing was the answer, consciousness was king. So how does the consciousness, how how does what we know become comfortable with the dark of the unknown? So, you know, Carl Jung called the unknown the unconscious. We might divide that now into superconscious and subconscious, but it's everything that's dark to what we know. And what we know is so small. Our consciousness is just a, like a cork of light bobbing on an ocean of dark. There's so little that we know. 
So there's everything that we know, and there's the attempt to grow our consciousness by knowing more, which is science and reason and consciousness expansion and the hundred monkey principle and all of this work of consciousness to try to seek to unfold deeper layers of consciousness. But um, the singularity that's coming is the revelation of the dark. So it's the revelation of the unknown within the known. Or another way of saying that is, the unknowable, it's, it's, that, it's that which can't be grasped, but can be experienced. So for a civilization to make this change, this deep change between knowing and science and reason into the unknown, we're going to have to be dragged there. And, um, and that dragging is going to come through the breaking down of everything that we know. So what that will look like for many people is is a deep sense of despair and uncertainty and fear as we reason. So this becoming comfortable with what is unknown and maybe ultimately unknowable, uh, but having a place inside us that we can rest and see in that dark. Even though we can't see what's coming, we can feel the safety and the security of the life force that vibrates in us. So this is a huge time for those people who have done some, some work and activated and awakened their dark body. Because in order to process the dark, you have to have an instrument capable of, um, of doing that. And so the three ways of working with the dark are as one is through consciousness, you know, the soul goes to the monad or awareness seeks its source and dissolves in emptiness. And when the soul seeks its source in awareness and finds emptiness, then it opens to the dark light. It's able to rest in the emptiness, even though you are in consciousness. And this creates a power, like those people who have deeply awakened to the non-dual within their awareness are able to transmit that darkness in the light. And that has a certain degree of power. And then there is the, those who have been able to bring that dark light into awakening in matter. So this is all of the embodiment people, the people who have actually been able to ground their um, awareness so deeply in the body that it awakens the dark light or the spirit or the rush light inside the atoms. So this then um, awakens the ecstatic current in the body and that then is also able to transmit. So having your dark body activated is kind of like dark matter. And having the dark light of your soul activated is kind of like dark energy. These two energies of the dark um, are transmittable. They start to operate through someone when they have been activated. Um, but there is a third dark, and that's the dark of the heart. So this is dark love. So you might imagine, you know, uh, the dark matter of the body linking with the dark energy of consciousness. And the result is this powerful emanation of <clears throat> dark love, which is a different form of love that requires the whole of the planet um, to experience it as a transmitter and a receiver. So I want to go into a little bit about that and a little bit about this coming alignment on the solstice. So the first thing to, to know about the solstice alignment is that it's a 
a rare <clears throat> event which um, involves both an eclipse and in this case it's a solar eclipse so the the moon is in the way of the sun so you could say that the solar evolution like the whole development of solar evolution on the planet is being confronted with the moon and the great battle between the sun and the moon and this is the symbology of sun and moon is that when the sun um, represses the light of form it represses the lunar uh, and this has also happened for thousands of years. It's part of Apollo killing Typhon at Delphi. It's part of driving the snakes out of Ireland. It's the battle between the Christian and pagan religions. It's trying to make the sun the only God and defeating the moon. The trouble when you do that is you create the gender wars, you create uh, mind over body, you create civilization at the expense of the environment, you create the dominion over matter, all of these things that have caused such um, harm really in the last uh, civilization. So the moon eclipsing the sun is basically the rising up of matter, of our connection to the earth, of our sexuality, of our indigenous cultures, of the you know environmental wisdom, all of these things coming up to confront the sun. So if you can unify sun and moon and people who have done their deep work have got to the point where they're not in that battle anymore. They're not in the battle of their spirituality and sexuality. They're not in the battle of uh, the will of their soul and the survival of their matter. They've unified those. So for the masses of humanity, though, they're not at that point. So this eclipse is going to represent the beginnings of the upwelling of the lunar life of humanity. In other words, all of those parts in us that have been repressed and they're being repressed because they've had faith in civilization and our solar civilization to know the answer and to lead them on with the latest technology or whatever. So the lunar life is going to come up in revolution. And this solstice eclipse has a bookend in 2039. So this is a very rare event. Um, and it's very, very much rarer because it's at the time when the galactic center the, the plane of the galaxy and the plane of the solar system are aligned in this, in this period of about 20 years. So on the one hand, when you look up on the solstice sky, you're going to see an eclipse, the sun and the moon on one side of the earth. On the other side of the earth, you're going to see the galactic center if, if you're at night, if it's dark. So there's an alignment that goes moon, uh, sorry, sun, moon, earth, and then galactic center. And this alignment is a, is a beautiful um, symbolic expression of the path ahead for civilization on the planet. And this alignment is gonna happen in 2020 and also 2039. So there's a 19 year period that will bookend the change of civilization. And the civilization has to change from one fundamentally anchored in the sun um, which is the Piscean culture into one that's fundamentally anchored in the black hole or an emptiness, the mystery, the, the darkness of both spirit and matter. So for that to happen, the sun has to fail. Our consciousness, our reason, our civilization based on knowing has to fail. Um, and then it can be replaced by a deeper, a deeper awareness of the darkness on the other side of knowing. So if we look at that eclipse, um, all around the world, it's going to pass mainly through 
uh, the lands of Africa and the Middle East and Asia. Um, and it will, it will be at different uh, with um, sunset in the Northern Hemisphere on the night of the 20th or sunrise in the Southern Hemisphere on the 21st and run for 24 hours. And the purpose of the ritual or the vigil is because the only way that we can know what's coming is to link up as one humanity. And we can't link up as one humanity when most of humanity is still going through the upheaval of the sun and the moon. So that requires those people who have done enough of their work and are capable Um, they need to form an organ within humanity. And that organ is able to vibrate and transmit what's coming, even though what's coming yet in terms of words and, and in terms of knowing. So the invitation is going to be, and what came through in the transmission is a practice of meditation globally that goes from the personal through to the group through to the planet as a whole, linking with um, the galactic center and with the energies of that idea of the, the way we have taken a picture of the black hole is to have a hundred telescopes around the world, all focused on the same area, um, both on the ground and in the sky and vibrating on all different levels of the electromagnetic spectrum to get that image. So what humanity needs is we need a download of the dark light, a download of the monadic energy. So on the solstice, we have a choice on one side is the sun and the moon. On the other side is the galactic center. So it's an opportunity for the earth to be in direct relationship with the center of the galaxy while the sun and the moon are um, eclipsed or married to each other or the two lights of the, the sky are conjoined. So uh, what that's gonna look like is all of those three things, embodiment, so practices that involve the ecstatic current in the body, which could be dancing, it could be making love, you know, it, it's, it could be um, vibrating with the ecstatic current in whatever way works for you. Then there is the meditative alignments in consciousness, which means orientating your awareness towards the dark light, allowing it to pour through from the monad into the soul. And finally, the activation of the heart. And the activation of the heart is something that we're all um, beginning to feel quite potently, which is the, the monadic relationship of humans around the planet who have already got the dark light activated them in some form. It's kind of the, the it's kind of like a monadic dating program that you, as you feel through your heart around the world, it's starting to inform you through direct knowing, which is not consciousness, who to connect with and how, who are the people that are able to vibrate in that same dark light. So it's a very different from soul relationships. It's what's called monadic relating. And in monadic relating, it's like galaxies coming together, the, the cores fuse. 
whenever you have a monadic relationship, you might imagine um, the, those images you see of the galaxies colliding, like Andromeda and Milky Way. The first time you meet them, there is a powerful effect on each other. You recognize instantly there is a very deep um, union possible between you. Um, normally, it then results in a, in a flowing apart and everybody's stars and the galaxy, you know, churning a bit before you come together again and again. Those monadic relationships are powerful uh, falling through each other into the singularity of the dark. So as you, as you feel those in your life, you begin to feel those connections that are the, the most powerful. So a black hole has huge mass and souls that you're connected with monadically have big spiritual mass in your life. They, 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 they curve time and space of your existence. You may not see them very often, but they have significant impact upon you when you do see them or feel them. So we're going to try to create a global network of these beings who resonate with the dark together. And so as the 24 hours rolls around, the idea is that they um, stay connected in their vertical alignment, you know, which is the, the soul connection to the monad, which is the body's connection to the core of the planet, the vertical column, the, the dark acupuncture point of a human being. But then also that deep love that comes from uh, knowing that you are each other knowing that you are really forming an organ within humanity that already knows itself as humanity. So it's the, the self that is all of us becoming present in each of us. And that starts to create an organ within humanity capable of receiving um, the dark light transmission. So last you know, transmission, I talked about Earth as a cosmic shaman that we haven't yet even begun to realize what Earth is. Once we get through the integration of humanity and we go through the singularity, then Earth's role in, con in cosmos will start to reveal itself. But we can't get there while humanity is still separate and um, you know, playing the separate survival game. So if we can have enough people who have already been through that door that can hold point for the transmission of energy within the body of humanity, then a revelation can begin to occur. And that revelation is not like more knowing. The revelation is an energetic unfoldment of that unknowing future inside the knowing. It will become, start to become apparent. And one of the hardest things, you know, about working this way is its subtle nature you know that that what am i actually talking about you know like i'm talking about very subtle energies of uh, you know the dark light and dark energy of cosmos you know coming through human beings and then having some effect on our future it doesn't sound very grounded you know like but anyone who really understands and has worked with the dark energy knows its power that moving that ecstatic current through your body can shake off years of imprinting of psychological disempowerment. Running the monadic energy through your soul can produce radical awakening to the non-dual. And falling through another's heart with everything that you have in the core of your heart can radically change relationships and love. So you know the power of this thing already. 
And that power magnified by hundreds, thousands of people around the globe working with it together um, can have enormous effects on the body of humanity. So like all spiritual development, psychological development, there's always a responsibility in that development. Like those people who have been able to have the time and space to move into a deeper level of their own alignment are doing that for us all. They're like the cells within humanity that have already made, you know, some of the transformations, but we can't see the whole transformation because not enough cells have made that change. So what we can do is link up, deepen our connection with each other, create an antenna or a receptacle for this transmission of the dark, circulate it in our own being and circulate it between us for the sake of humanity and the earth itself and start to see what happens. Okay, this is subtle, esoteric work with the new cosmology that lies at the heart of the coming civilization. So while we don't know what it's going to look like yet, we do know the symbol that's at the core and the type of energy that's there. So last week, uh, I talked also about the power of cosmic rays. That's somewhere between the, the spectrum of light that we understand and this energy of dark matter and dark energy is the, the energy that's just more invisible. It's not visible light. So on the one hand, on the infrared side of the spectrum, you have microwaves and radio waves and so on. And on the ultraviolet end of the spectrum, you have a whole lot of rays moving up into the, the highest energy rays of cosmos, which are gamma rays. And uh, just as human consciousness is starting to attune itself to uh, these new energy sources that will sit at this core of the coming civilization, then human scientists have also been, you know, doing their work. And for the last decade, the Fermi telescope, which is, has been recording gamma ray sources in the universe. And they have something like 3000 places where high energy gamma ray bursts are coming from. And uh, so they're starting to create a map of that. The reason why that's important is it links also to the fact that we're going to have this 5G, which is basically satellites all around the earth transmitting microwave energy so our cell phones and technology work. So regardless of the conspiracy theories about, five, about 5G, our consciousness and our bodies are affected by energies. And so these low frequency um, energies that are gonna permeate the planet need to be balanced with our sensitivity to high frequency energies, which are the gamma rays. So between the world of light, the civilization that's based on light and knowledge and consciousness, and the world of dark, which is coming, in between is this realm of the, you know, the invisible light, the, the microwaves and the gamma rays and everything in between. So deepening our sensitivity to these as a species is part of the evolution of civilization. So, so we can see it in the realm of science. We can see it in focus on black holes, um, focus on gamma ray radiations, focus on quantum physics and entanglement, focus on nuclear fusion and discovering, you know, the Higgs boson and so on. But it's harder for us to see in the realm of um, the development of consciousness and the heart of humanity. 
Because alongside all of that scientific work and the vibration of energy and matter is the vibration in consciousness. And we can't see just how radically our consciousness is shaped by the core energy vibrations and ideas that live at the core of the human psyche. And there's a radical reorientation of that coming. So the recommendation that's coming through the transmissions is like, accept that um, we're going through transition, that you are not going to be able to know what the transition is. That even though, you know, many people are already feeling like business as usual, the coronavirus has passed and so on, what these transmissions are saying, no, it's just begun. There's a decade-long total reorientation of uh, the world, and that reorientation is going to look far crazier than we can possibly imagine a decade on. So we can't, we can't tell what's going to come in little steps by, you know, basing on the past. Look how radically things change just kind of overnight with the coronavirus. So expect that over the decade ahead. But we can prepare for it. We can prepare for it by not trying to operate as business as usual, by giving up the realm of consciousness and knowing, and even the realm, you know, of... Um, uh, the tantric realm of trying to balance consciousness and sexuality, trying to balance awareness and um, the body. This is sun and moon. This is the marrying of the sun and moon. And, you know, if that's your work, Oh, am I back? Okay, I'm going to assume I'm back. <laughs> so what I was saying was that it's very easy to, um, it's very easy to have your attention on what you know 
and much more difficult to train your awareness to turn itself away from everything it knows and to open itself to the unknown and the unknowable. So just as an example, you know, to go cosmic for a minute and to feel into the generations of people who uh, open themselves to consciousness that comes from beyond the earth. So let's say that they feel like they're in touch with alien cosmic intelligences. So maybe they're channeling the Pleiades or the Arcturians or somehow they're becoming aware of the fact that this consciousness outside Earth and that consciousness. Okay, so this can be very spacey and out there and it can be very low level to very high level, you know, transmissions. But there's at least an understanding that consciousness didn't just evolve on Earth, that maybe consciousness exists in the universe. So that's one thing, to expand your awareness to other awarenesses that are in cosmos. But the kind of jump we're being asked to make is not our consciousness connecting with cosmic consciousness. It's our dark life, our life force connecting with the dark, the great dark. So that's with what's at the core of galaxies, what's at the core of um, dark matter and dark energies, that in order for our dark to encounter the dark, we have to have that darkness in us. We have to have our dark body activated, our dark matter vibrating. We have to have that to see in the dark, to download from the dark. Now, the effect of that dark on consciousness is to supernova it. So in other words, you can grow consciousness by slowly expanding consciousness, but you can accelerate consciousness by awakening the dark, both within it and outside it. So if you can bring in just a bit of dark energy it can result in the supernovaing of a star or the supernovaing of consciousness. And what's required on Earth is now the supernovaing of humanity's heart. So this capacity that sounds very subtle and very small to bring in collectively this vibration, the Shambhala force, this dark light energy from cosmos, if that is applied in the field of one humanity, it can have a very powerful supernovaing effect on the awareness and the mass initiation of humanity itself. So, you know, the, the encouragement is, yes, you can do everything that you know, or you can face the fact that we're going through a period of time where we won't know anything. We have to give up all of our knowing, and we have to trust the unknowable, the darkness that is on the other side of light. And then we have to allow that darkness to penetrate us, to penetrate our hearts, to penetrate our body, to penetrate our awareness. We have to become comfortable with that. For most people, that's a form of death and they won't go there. They won't go into the dark because the dark is, is penetrates their sense of identity. But for those who are, have already vibrated that to gossamer threads of identity, then the dark becomes, you know, a beautiful home. 
So the, the people who are comfortable with the dark come together and form a dark web and vibrate that energy in the dark web and then release that energy to humanity at the time of the solstice, at the time of this alignment. So that's the first step. And what it's said, you know, in the transmission is that when you expand your awareness to cosmic um, uh, dimensions, then you can bring back that huge time and space into a small area, like a decade on earth at the end of a civilization and the beginning of a new one. And what feels like an enormous thing to do as a, as a personal being, like how can I as one being, you know, affect the transformation of earth because I'm just a single being. Okay, at the monadic level, you're not a single being. You are the earth as a being. You are the whole earth. And so if enough of us as the earth consciously allow that vibration of the dark to move through us, it can affect us as the earth. It's like some cells have to make that transformation early and then they provide the transmission required for the other cells to make that, that move. So we're being asked, I feel, at this time to uh, create a different kind of arc you know like i live in new zealand and a lot of people are trying to buy up land here and escape the coming devastation by you know having a little bit of land in new zealand but the different kind of arc that we're setting up and that arc is an arc a dark arc it's an arc in awareness and in heart and in body that has it's anchored in the certainty of uncertainty in the knowingness of life that there is a capacity to trust life even when our consciousness fails. And to build that arc so that it is for everyone and can transmit an energy for everyone. But it does require that you give up the addiction to where, every, where most other people are, which is in consciousness, watching all of the time for both the fear or the transformation of that consciousness addicted to their they know it rather than transmit through you. Like if there was ever a time, you know, for human souls to give themselves to the mystery, this is that time. So the, the, the encouragement through these transmissions is look, it's never going to be the same. Surrender now, open yourself deeply to the dark, let the, the unknown reveal itself through you. Time of transformation, truly. Many people are still trying to figure things out. They're trying to, you know, um, come up with solutions. They're, they're trying to like get things back to So, you know, that's twice now it's kicked me off. So I'm going to take that as a sign, you know, to like pause in my ranting and uh, um, open up for 
questions or um, input from wherever you are on Zoom, in Zoom land, um, in the dark heart of somewhere around the globe. So maybe like Alicia, you can unmute. Oh. Okay, go ahead, Jakar. Hi, by the I way. I like to start and say hello. Hello. Oh, just so lovely to see you look like the Count of Monte Cristo, I have to say. Very lovely. Um, and just hello to everyone. It's evening here in San Francisco, but beautiful to be getting not just a um, like a group transmission, but an, an earth transmission, but a cosmic transmission, you know, just aligning, aligning, making those alignments and feeling the, um, the dark vibration, mysterious center that certainly has um, a lot to say in the deep, dark silence of the time. So yes, so thank you for that. And just wonderful to be sharing with you all right now. Well, you know where I am. I'm at the I'm at the island where I wrote the book on occult cosmology and spent a year getting up and going to bed with the galactic center instead of the sun. So, uh, yeah, you know about that level of crazy alignment with the dark. Who else is out there in Zoom land? Hey Bruce, <clears throat> um, I wonder, as you're talking about like, aligning with the galactic center, if there were also more messages or details coming through of how to best align ourselves with the earth and, and the dark core in like, the dark matter, so to say. Yeah, well, actually, when I post this transmission, you'll see it's a series of meditations that that link the the core of the, of the galaxy with the core of the earth and the, the the quantum world inside our atoms and then bring that to the heart so as i said before some people are really good at the meditative alignment with the 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 monad or the you can have both then you can blend those energies and release this third energy of what I'm calling dark love. So, yeah, I would say during the 24-hour vigil, it'll be really important for those who know how to access the dark through their bodies to do that for everyone. And those people who know how to access the dark through their consciousness to do that for everyone. And as a group around the world, if we circulate that energy, then everybody will be able to share in it. Thanks for the question. Hi, Bruce. I've got a question about the, the galactic center and about black holes. Um, my understanding that time works very differently inside the event horizon of a black hole to, to the extent that in time, as what we're talking about with this alignment of this decade and this 24 hour vigil is a, it's essentially meaningless. So why why is it that this is a special time from the reference of the earth and and can't we since the inside of the black hole is outside of our time can't we just like access it now 
Well, certainly, you, you know, there is time and space change in a black hole, but it doesn't negate the importance of the time and space that we're in. So, you know, you know, I can't remember who it was, Eckhart Tolle or someone said, be here now or Ram Das, you know. So being in the present is one thing, but that present has a door into the eternal. And like a black hole is like a, a bridge between, you know, the presence and the eternal. So it is possible to slow down time and space close to a black hole. And it does mean that that's valuable when we are concerning ourselves with a civilization that's run out of time. Okay, we need more time and, and uh, we've run out of time. So part of the power of working with black hole energy is that you can go outside time and space to come back into time and space with the capacity to expand time and space. Okay, so remember I said the energy from a black hole can supernova a star. One taste of that timelessness and spacelessness of the eternal means that when you come back into time and space, you are that much more powerful. So if we can take the energy of time that a galaxy represents, 250 million year cycle, um, and compress that into a decade, you know, of civilizational change on earth, then changing our civilization looks a hell of a lot easier than if we're trying to do it from inside that. So the advantage of big time and space is yes, it's a doorway to the eternal and the infinite, but when you come back into lesser time and space, then your capacity to influence that and have power there is greatly increased. Example I would use is like, you know, go and try to live a hundred, go try to lift a hundred kilo weight and then making a 10 kilo weight um, is much easier. Be in the world, but not of it. Yeah, both. So maybe, you know, the essence just adding to that is that, um, you know, Einstein says you can't change a reality from the, the, the level at, that it's created and you can't end the solar civilization without going to the next deeper level. And the next deeper level is at least the galactic level. So we actually have to go to the level of galaxy to get the energy to transform the civilization that we're currently in. And, uh, and that's why I said just a little cap of dark, like if you just take a little bit of a neutron star, a matchbox full, and drop it on the earth, it will fall. The universe and bring that into consciousness, you can radically and, and speedily transform it. There's something, there's something too about being outside under the night sky and so much of your writing was at Motorola, which is very, very much in nature. And uh, there's, some, there's something about that. And it feels just the feeling now, just, just being in presence with you all is, is like the, the planets and this, this, these uh, cycles that we've been in have been like a kindergarten, like kindergarten fences, baby fences. And it feels like needing to break that and really turn up to the universal life, the cosmic life. And, and to seek a greater actual relationship with that, with the parts of ourselves that are that. But it seems like there's, there's something yeah. about looking, looking up as well, looking up and trying to get a new kind of reference point 
for earth for ourselves for this particular solar system in the wider cosmic game yeah wouldn't it be great if all of the people awake at three in the morning weren't just the clubbers you know staggering out staggering out of a nightclub but they were you know the initiates of a new civilization awake at three in the morning standing under the galactic center and you know there's a lovely image here of when we are awake in the daylight everything that we um, are doing is kind of blotted out by one sun whereas when we're out under the night sky there are a billion a hundred billion, many galaxies above us. So we're in the Aquarian transmission of many different types of starlight. When we're in daytime, we're in the transmission of one sun. So there is a, an invitation there to, to get out under the night sky, not just you know because you were awake on an acid trip, but because there is stuff up there that civilization needs in order to transform itself. There is a radiation of the dark light. Hi, I will have a very practical question, which is how do you how do you know where the galactic center is in this very moment? Like, how does it move? I, I see the sun moving. How, how do I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, the you can relate it. One of the good things is that on the solstice, so on June twenty first, wherever the sun is, the galactic center is one hundred and eighty degrees opposite. Okay, so, and on the December solstice, wherever the sun is, the galactic center is right behind it. So in between, you can make that connection. So at the moment, if the sun is in, um, where are we actually? <laughs> the sun is in, in uh, Taurus. Okay, so the galactic center is Sagittarius. So it, once you start to feel, okay, what do, where is the sun sitting in the zodiac? It can help you see where the galactic center is. And then interestingly enough, once you know that the, the, the galactic center is in Sagittarius, 90 degrees to that is M87, which is the, the um, image that they just took of that galaxy in M87, which is in the Virgo supercluster. So that's at like 90 degrees to the black hole. So if we were gonna do a dark astrology, if the black hole was on the ascendant, then M87 would be right above us. So in the future, we'll start, to under, we'll start to look into the Zodiac and, and populate it with these major energies of gamma ray, um, like, like the center of galaxies and neutron stars and pulsars instead of just, you know, our local planets and stars. So was, hopefully that was helpful, Ashisha. Hi, how are you? Okay, well, I'm not hearing anything more, so it might be time to close. Um, I will download a, the, the copy of the transmission today, which is essentially a long meditation to be used on the solstice. Um, and I'll also create that meditation, uh, create a, an audio of it um, for use. 
but it would be really good now for some of the people on here or other people that you know that feel drawn to being part of this energy on the solstice is what we need is like this idea of of a hundred telescopes and a telescope could be a small group of people who are all like you know up for some portion of the 24 hours dancing making love getting their bodies ecstatic um opening their hearts deeply to each other and to the worldwide group and opening their consciousness to the impouring dark light and then connecting up you know maybe via a global zoom call or something so we already have you know a couple of dozen anchor points around the world but as many as many as we have the more likely we're going to be experience ourselves as a single being like this being that we're calling the cosmic shaman earth um, with lots of different different reference point little acupuncture points around the planet connected up so if you're interested in that and holding a point for that then just you know um, uh, put it in the chat um, or, or connect in some other way okay it's been beautiful to like feel this amazing process of people turning towards each other around the planet as many of other other forms of connection and transport um, die away and i'm looking forward over the next month to really deepening this vibration of the dark web with you all <laughs>